this is Masajati, and welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. This is episode 110, Exponential Intelligence and Buddhism, part 2. This episode continues the exploration of the Buddhist faith we started in episode 109, including how the principles I teach compared to what Buddha taught, as well as deep truths behind the different tenets of Buddhism. Ah, let's go ahead and take a nice, uh, strong, deep breath. And we'll quickly go to the Eightfold uh, Tenets here. The Eightfold Path is a way to live one's life. One does not have to master each item before going on. Um, one can even work on all of them at once. So right understanding, right? Uh, just being able to comprehend uh, that there's a difference between what is and what one desires to be is, is sufficient. Right? Uh, the eye doesn't really uh, see that as a problem because if you're ascended, uh, it's just one, it just is. Uh, if you're not, then you get to see the differences. So, but note uh, there's an infinite regression on the whys and hows things came to be, um, be the way they are. Uh, again, EI sees it as just programs. So, in that scenario, it's true, right? So, it's a progression from your family lineage. Uh, that is called karma, right? The important thing is to see on how one creates suffering, uh, then one will see how others create suffering. That process deepens understanding and develops uh, called karma. I don't know how they define karma. That is called karma. So let's just let's just read it again. The note there is an infinite regression on the whys and hows things came to be the way they are. This is called karma. Uh, right? I call it programming. Uh, again, you and then most people think that you know. You were awakened, uh, no matter what religion or spiritual movement that you, you go through. Uh, you were awakened when you created the life that you, cho that you chose. Simply not true. Uh, if you were an awakened individual, let me just ask you this question. Um, say that you realize where you are right now. Okay? If you had a choice to create the life that you did, would you create that life that you did? And that's human consciousness. That's the human answer. So if you're at spirit level, why would you create the life that you did? Create more suffering to bind you in that space to move away from it? Uh, no, not at all. Basically, you know, it's just uh, simple DNA, simple hereditary. Uh, we've gotten distorted over time, right? Because time and time and space distorts us. So over generations from Adam and Eve, we believe in Adam and Eve, or again, the first so humans that came through, not to say uh, a single pair. Um, I mean, if they were true Buddhists, they would have never had sex. So we would have never propagated. So think of that one. Um, as we've propagated, right, the distortions of time and space uh, came about. And then after generation, after generation, uh, we came into default settings. So basically, through DNA, right? So, so through evolution, we've gotten distorted. It's our job to awaken, not for just for us, through evolution. Okay? Uh, our offspring, again, if you're all true Buddhisms, human race would perish. Um, the offsprings uh, would be enlightened. And that's our true destiny, to be so enlightened uh, that, well, we wouldn't need physical form here 
in thus fulfilling Buddha's uh, prophecies, right, of not needing anything physical, right, because we're walking here in spirit form, although we can create anything that we need to or want uh, from our spirit. Uh, so right thought, uh, that's number two. Uh, wants and desires are thoughts. Uh, one can learn to select those thoughts uh, which alleviate suffering. Uh, not, uh, which is true. Frivolous thinking can be given up uh, for thinking about uh, what is needed to meet basic necessity of life. Okay. Uh, but what do you consider basic? Uh, ask anybody uh, and you'll get uh, asked, uh, you know, 10,000 people, uh, you'll probably get, say, 10,000 different answers on what are the basic necessities of life. And then to think of it even deeper, right? so why were we created with such high intelligence that we could master the physical realm where we can create, say, metals, fabrics, uh, and so on, right? We can create computers, telecommunication, all those things. Why were those created if we were so supposed to stay away from we're actually there to master them. But unfortunately, what's happened is those things have mastered us. We've become slaves to them. It's like money. It's supposed to be a tool, right, to help us ascend higher, help us they move away from the simplicity or the distortions or the distractions of everyday life. Right? If we were back in caveman days or you know, uh, a little uh, further on, uh, we'd spend all day hunting and gathering. So obviously through evolution, we've come to a point where, where the necessities of life right, should only take a 1% or 2% of our energy. The other 98% or 99% should be used to evolve ourselves at a higher, to a higher level. Okay? Uh, so as we evolve technologically, uh, the reason why we evolve technologically is that we get closer and closer and closer to the intricate details of how our spirit works. To think about it, right? it's not here to burden us. It's not here to distort us. Again, it's here to make our lives easier, right? so we can uh, again concentrate on what's important: being here in spirit form, not physical necessity. Uh, as we go on, uh, right speech, uh, talking can spread ideas and thoughts of wants and desires from one to another. Uh, it also reinforces wants and desires which come to mind. Uh, one gives up frivolous talk and gossip. Uh, one also gives up hurtful and angry language for, the, uh, for they stem from wants and desires. So talk reduces what's necessary to teach or meet basic needs. Sure. So, of course, uh, that does happen. Uh, but then what if you're thinking of it, right? Uh, it's always important to suppress your thoughts, right? Especially distorted thoughts uh, and just be mindful. Uh, again, uh, it's a great way to be. Uh, and by mindful, I mean just be aware of your uh, environments. However, you know, if you're thinking those thoughts that you're not speaking out, uh, they do build up inside you. So it's really about why, why are the thoughts that's coming in your mind or where are the thoughts that's coming in your mind coming from? 
So instead of uh, focusing on the thoughts, again, in Buddhism, what EI does is like, well, let's look at the source. Let's take a step further back. What are the programs that are running for you that are creating the thoughts that are distorting you? Uh, the jealousy, the envy, the hatred, uh, the whatever, right? Uh, the desires, the passions, and so on like that. The ego trips that we have. Where are those thoughts coming from instead of suppressing them? Because it takes a lot of power, just sheer willpower, to suppress those thoughts because well, uh, it's part of the programming, right? Uh, what about changing the programming? So in exponential intelligence, you know, we go to the source and then change our behavior, our thought patterns. We just go to the source, we change the programming, and then our thoughts naturally reflect uh, that programming. Okay? In Buddhism, they do it backwards. They think about the thoughts, and over time, okay, if you've done it right, hopefully, and it's not just Buddhism, it's pretty much every other uh, process that happens, uh, whether it's religion or teachings or anything like that, or self-improvement, it's always from the outside in. You're forcing something that you desire inside of you. And that's what Buddha didn't want in the first place, right? Forcing those desires. Uh, being free of thought is an actual desire. So, uh, and Buddha uh, had wanted us to, say, remove all desires. Right? Uh, having the desire to be enlightened, uh, that's a desire. Uh, you cannot, in its true form, uh, the way Buddha lived, uh, in his true form, he was just here. There was no desire to enlighten. There was no trajectory to go forward. He was just here, just being. Exponential intelligence does the same thing, again, uh, from a different standpoint where you just start to be. And then there's no desires. Right? There's no desire of even, say, setting higher. I hear students all the time go, you know, Moss, you know, I don't, I don't even care about ascending higher. I don't care about connecting pure source even higher. I just want to be. I want to just be here. That's when you realize that you are just here. That's when connecting the pure source uh, comes in even stronger. Just natural. Um, right. Action and one's action also are modified. One refrains from harming others and from trivial activities. Uh, one acts only to meet their basic needs. Again, what do we? What are our basic needs? Out of compassion, to help others uh, meet their needs. Uh, exponential intelligence sees it from an internal point of view. Instead of having laws, it's just very similar to you know the government or you know, government, city, state, whatever uh, country <clears throat> putting laws out there. For us to conform by. Think of it this way, though. If you were an ascended being, would you need laws? Would you have to refrain, uh, refrain from anything? No, you'd be conscious. Uh, it's always exponential intelligence. Uh, you know, teaches us that it's always a win-win situation. Uh, if you are, say, in that enlightened space and working out of uh, EI, uh, so there is no reframing. You just are. Uh, if everybody will say at in a night in an enlightened level, well, there wouldn't be any law enforcement because there's no desire to control, there's no desire to oppress, um, there's no desire to they take away from anybody right, to enhance you. So again, 
uh, and you know what really uh, just bugs me? I'll get off my rant here, um, or I'll get in my rant, and then I'll get off. Uh, is that I, I see these these signs, and they're so simple, like yield to pedestrians. Yeah, well, isn't that obvious? You know, yielding to a pedestrian that's crossing the street that should just be an obvious one. Right? Or uh, stopping for pedestrians. There's other signs. There's just so so simple. I mean, it just makes it's just so much. There's no logic behind it. You just do that because you're human. And then we have to have signs to order people to do things because we're so distorted, right? We're so in our little world that we can't even figure out to stop for pedestrians. That's why they have those signs. Uh, what has happened to? Humanity and why did uh, or how did the, all these religions uh, bring up such say such individuals that we have to have laws uh, distorted laws like that? Uh, there are laws in the books for every little detail. Right? Again, none of that would be needed if religion did you know the job that it's supposed to do, or parenting did, or our government did. Again, we would save a lot of tax dollars. Uh, anyway, that's my rant. Uh, the right livelihood, how one chooses to live uh, and bring sustenance to their home, uh, becomes important. Uh, uh, one give, um, gives up uh, lying and taking from others, um, considered legal. Uh, others, even if it is considered legal, society in favor of giving to self uh, and others. Careers, jobs, or hobbies which promote peace and prosperity. Uh, for all taken uh, are all taken up over those which bring harm, uh, which bring fame or fortune to oneself. Uh, so again, right livelihood. So why would fame and fortune uh, be? Uh, 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 why is that different? Careers, jobs, or hobbies which promote peace and prosperity uh, for all. Uh, are taken up over those which bring fame or fortune to oneself. So why couldn't uh, prosperity, uh, why couldn't fame and fortune uh, promote peace and prosperity? Uh, why, why do they have to be good? There's no, there has to be. Uh, there obviously is a solution for that. Right? Uh, why does, uh, again, uh, great fame and fortune uh, necessitate? Uh, that it's not uh, peaceful for others. Uh, look at Buddha. Uh, he transformed millions of lives. Uh, that's a lot of fame. So, again, there in itself, uh, there's a lot of, it just, there's a lot of conflict in that statement. So, um, and again, it goes back to the distortions about money. If you were true and enlightened being, the money would be used a tool would be used as a tool. It would never be a distortion. In today's society, however, money is used as a distortion or a control factor. And that's where uh, you know, the sentence came from. So in this understanding, it's very distorted. In Buddha's understanding, again, closer to the EI definition uh, of, of uh, fame and fortune. Uh, the right concentration. Concentration is the ability to quickly discard distracting thoughts and views from uh, which come to mind, 
that keeps one from being focused on the immediate task at hand. Right? Some schools of Buddhism use meditation to develop and strengthen the skills. Uh, other schools are elaborate ceremonies and chants. True, uh, you're right. Uh, it's, and it's very powerful. The eye uh, says the same thing. But, uh, you know, just to push upon that, and, uh, and this is a true life experience I've had with Buddhism uh, or Buddhists. Um, there was a, a jade statue, right? The jade Buddha, a beautiful piece of artwork that comes off of one piece of jade uh, that came to the U.S. and it was traveling through the U.S. Along with it, some of the top level Buddhists uh, were celebrating. And, and I happened to uh, stay at the same house for about three, four days as these Buddhists. Uh, they were coming into uh, a different like, country. Uh, they weren't uh, secluded anywhere, uh, and they were very, very distorted. And these were high-level Buddhists. They were distorted by, uh, say, uh, the, the society here. Um, they were disturbed. Um, they were talking English. You know, and, and well, they were irritated. If they were, one was enlightened, uh, you wouldn't have any irritation. If you're going to get irritated here in physical form just because your environment is the same, one, you know, uh, whatever you're practicing obviously is not working for you. And then two, if you're going to get distorted right, or pushed around or depleted just by changing your environment physically. What's going to happen when you ascend higher? Uh, you know, and there's more powers up there, more distortion up there that uh, you can't control. Okay. Same thing with Islam. You know, if you get distorted by looking at women's flesh uh, at this level, uh, you know, when you cross over, uh, what's going to distort you if you're just, uh, again, being distorted by mere flesh here? Okay. There's much more things that can push you, destroy you on the other side, and take you out of that heavenly space. Um, and we'll t by the way, we'll talk about Muhammad and Islam on an upcoming podcast. Uh, right, so right concentration uh, again, it goes back to changing those programs. Uh, uh, so you concentrate automatically. You have right concentration. You have to force yourself. And then right mindfulness. Mindfulness is the ability to bring oneself back to the task at hand when one's concentration is last. There's also the ability to change focus when new needs of priorities. Priorities come to one's attention. Uh, the various schools of Buddhism uh, use meditation ceremonies and chanting uh, to develop the skill as well. So yes, chanting, meditation, uh, fantastic. However, uh, just like praying, you know, the rosary, kind of discuss this maybe in another podcast. I'll just talk about it again. So, for example, right, uh, there's this distorted being, a distorted teacher, right? Not the purest teacher. He teaches you a certain way to meditate okay? or a certain way to pray. Uh, and you pray the same way or you meditate the same way. Uh, sadly enough, it's not about it's not about how you pray or how you meditate or how you chant. Frequency is wrapped around what you're doing physically. Okay? So say there's a dark being 
when it's pure intent or not, they're just dark, right? They're unenlightened, uh, or they're enlightened from, say, the dark side, right? Uh, they teach you how to meditate. You meditate the exact same way. You're going to get, say, darkened results. I see it happen over and over and over again. Just to give you a, a, a physical example of this, uh, very similar, um, but a little different. Uh, say, for example, you've tied your shoes right? uh, in early childhood. Right? You tie your shoes. And this is a true story, by the way. Right? Um, uh, and it happens to, again, in varying forms. So you, you're tying your shoes, but you know, in the morning, right? you're tying your shoes, uh, you know, getting ready for school. But in the morning, as you're tying your shoes, um, the environment around you, you know, your parents yelling, you're getting yelled at, and so on, uh, or getting abused, and so on, as you get forced to tie your shoes. And that's what that was her situation. Uh, as I worked on her, uh, and those patterns released, right, she forgot how to tie her shoes. She had to relearn how to tie her shoes. Right? Why did that happen? So that's the reverse of what I was uh, explaining about teachers, right? Non-enlightened teachers teaching you how to meditate. It's not the physicalness of the act, okay? uh, It's your intention, it's the purity. So when you do the meditations, just make sure it's your say, meditations or you're with somebody that's truly enlightened. So, so what happened to her, just to finish it off, is that she had to be so present right, so she can tie her shoes or relearn how to tie her shoes right, without the distortions in the background. Kind of like Pavlov's dog. Right? They ring a bell, uh, they give her food, ring a bell, give food, eventually you just ring the bell and they salivate. Right? So, same thing there. Right? Every time, say, she tied her shoes, uh, you know, anxiety and so on would say come around right? and she didn't know why right? same thing here when you meditate uh, those distortions come around happens quite a bit actually uh, let's go ahead and take a nice deep breath in uh, we'll go through these questions so there might be a part two here um, um, so we talked about the distortions in Buddhism. Uh, what was your intention for your uh, for your followers at the time uh, of your enlightenment? Uh, I had no intention. Again, I had no desires. I had no intention to enlighten anybody. Uh, in fact, I didn't even know I wanted to say transform or become. Uh, it just happened. Uh, once you start to become an enlightened being, you naturally attract people around you that want to become enlightened like you again the key is that they want to become enlightened right? they don't want to become like you so uh, again let me just reiterate they want to become enlightened right? not like you are they the same intentions and those you would have for us now of course uh, again uh, for me, uh, I really don't want followers, right? uh, but that's the process, that's the human process. Uh, I actually look for, um, 
for people, yes, I do teach. Uh, but more importantly, I want I want those I want those students to turn into uh, associates, right? Uh, same level where we can talk and even go higher. I want you guys to graduate uh, uh, and go higher with. Them. So that's uh, that's really uh, the key here. How would you have Buddhists and non-Buddhists uh, use your teachings to advance ourselves on our journey? Uh, very simply put, uh, I'm not here to say, dissuade you from any religion or spiritual movement. So EI, exponential intelligence, will actually help you understand. That's what we're going to be doing in a short bit. Will actually help you understand what uh, Buddha uh, really, really meant. His teachings at a higher level. Uh, without the distortion. Okay? So again, it brings more brilliance back into the teachings of Buddhism, the original Buddhism, uh, and not the distortions even by what he tried to explain to his followers, because okay? that's what was written down. Uh, again, there's that loss, uh, because, well, you know, Buddha, say he's at a graduate level, he's trying to explain someone uh, at a third grade level. Or even less, right? So what do you do? You dumb it down, and then those teachings dumbed down have spread throughout the world. So bringing back the truest form using EI. What is the true role of women and that of men from your point of view? From 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 my point of view, or from exponential point of view. Uh, Right now, it's pretty much the same. Uh, the role, the role of women uh, and men, and the reason why we're men and women is because we both have a certain roles that we play. Right? We are not the same, uh, and that's why we're different. Uh, we're not here just to procreate. We're actually here to connect to a higher level, to ascend higher. Uh, one of the better ways to ascend higher is to find, uh, say, another component. And, uh, where we can connect together, uh, and again, through intimacy, and then uh, ascend higher. Uh, the role between men and women are actually the same, uh, to ascend higher in your own flavor. And that's why it was designed that way. So you become a strong woman, uh, you become a strong man, together, put that together, and then you, you can ascend higher as separate beings. Uh, although being helped by each other. Uh, what is the role of sex? There are Buddhist uh, monks who have abused or assaulted women, especially on the psychic level, to use sex for reaching spiritual enlightenment. Uh, what is the pure intention and the use of sex on the path of enlightenment? Uh, how can it be used properly for that purpose? Uh, I spoke about that uh, just a few seconds ago. Uh, where again, ye, most people uh, do it uh, in a distorted fashion. And this is how sex has become abusive. This is how um, sacrifices have come. Right? They sacrifice a virgin thinking that they're going to be enlightened. Uh, you cannot assault anybody. You cannot destroy anybody. You cannot control anybody. Uh, you cannot suppress anybody. Again, that's one of the tenets of pure source. There's, you cannot do anything derogatory or a negative to anybody. It always has to be a win-win. 
uh, win situation for all parties involved. Uh, no one can become enlightened by suppressing anybody else. Okay? So if you have any dirty thoughts, any uh, distorted intent for that individual, uh, that sexual act uh, will not uh, will not help you ascend higher. You need to be in your truest form, whether whether it's a you know an intimate relationship of a long time or a one night. Uh, time factors does not matter. Okay? It's that trueness of who you are, uh, an enlightened being, uh, connecting to that one individual again, whether it's a one night stand or long term relationship. Uh, which will help ascend both of you to higher levels, not leave one destroyed and then ascend. Uh, that comes from an ego standpoint. That comes from needing more and more and more people to abuse for you to maintain your power. Does that sound like? Sounds like the dark side. Uh, so that's a big no through EI, uh, and that's a big no through what Buddha, the real Buddha, uh, would have told you as well. Uh, let's go ahead and take a nice deep breath in. Uh, we'll jump into the meditation or meta healing. If you don't know what a meta healing is, um, in a nutshell, uh, I guide you into a nice deep state of meditation and you, where you focus on your physical form. Uh, and then I'll work on you at your source code. You won't call it your spirit. Uh, that's fine to uh, help awaken your spirit or edit your source code. Uh, and then together, both our efforts together, and that's where true enlightenment right? Much easier, much faster than pretty much anything that's out there. So let's go ahead and take a nice deep breath in, just noticing where you are, hopefully standing up, just breaking away from all those patterns if you can physically stand up. If you want to sit down or lie down, that's good too. But if you feel the urge to stand up, go ahead and do so. Follow your spirit. Your way didn't work out well, so follow your spirit or awaken spirit. Another strong deep breath in again. Inhaling through the nose, nice and slow, four count. Holding it for a few seconds or longer. Exhaling, letting go through the mouth, nice and slow, nice and disciplined. Discipline in Buddhism is a great habit to have. As we settle in, you might notice a relaxation coming through your neck, through your shoulders, through the chest area, and right down into uh, your spine, right into the hips. Beyond meditation, beyond hypnosis, beyond NLP, beyond anything. It's a presence. There are sphere frequencies that I encapsulate around you. Again, bypassing physicalness of this reality. Pulling in your trueness, your spirit side. And that's what you're feeling. Strong, deep breath in. Connecting to the group. There's a lot of people. We've over a million people listen to this podcast. It creates a lot of momentum. There's strength in numbers. Guys, we all want that one desire to be more abundant, more connected. We're all looking the same way. Again, pulling humanity through the same way, helping us 
holding on to that momentum, holding on, pulling us out those ruts that we face, those shackles that bind us. New territory. Wonderful breath and again, nice and deep. <clears throat> so I'm asking ourselves, how do I connect to Pure Source even stronger? And again, that question, how do I connect to Pure Source even stronger? Nothing religious, nothing spiritual about it. And then settling in. Settling in, uh, noticing your chin, your underneath your chin, your throat, uh, the sternum, the bone that connects the ribs in front. All you have to do is pay attention. Uh, access your source code to help you understand Buddha really meant. And paying attention to your sternum your throat, sending higher right through the middle of the head, right through out top of your head. So comparing how Buddha connected to your source. And then bringing in that same connection for you. As you're connecting the same way, basically bringing in Buddha's presence. Noting your, your breath. Noting the space around you. Noticing that column in the top of your head extending on out into the universe. Going deep into your head, through the throat, your center, right behind your so, um, sternum, right into the solar plexus. Perhaps you see the picture. Buddha, like emanating from the solar plex. Probably how it came about. That was Buddha's way of connecting to what I call pure source.
and I'll count to 12. As we count to 12, I'll be merged with Buddha connected. And to the way you connect. And a deep breath in. Exhale, zero, one, two, three. Rapidly flowing down time, four, slower, five, Or we can disconnect from this existence. Six. On a seven as I push you out of time. Time reference. Note how you're feeling. A little distorted, disoriented. Parent nine, floaty ten, eleven. Well, and then pulling you back into Buddhist time, present. Perhaps noticing the singularity of
breath in again, nice and deep. Go ahead and leave you in a space for as long as you wish, as long as you stay quietly meditating. Still be in that mastermind. As we end, and never trashing a great master like Buddha, but clarifying. This communication to the world that's gotten distorted. And that's the purpose of this podcast. For being on a call, podcast, notice what you notice, and then notice the details. 